You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Support for Locked on Packers also comes today from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at Manscaped.com. That's 20% at Manscaped.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. And speaking of smoothing things out, we are going to talk about a couple things today on Locked on Packers. Uh, We are going to start with the running game, and it is an appropriate place to start because since the last time we talked, the Packers have added not one, but two running backs. Corey Grant, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who is a back that has speed for days, reportedly ran a 4-2-8, which is absolutely ridiculous. And he is someone that I think can certainly help the Packers. Uh, He has to be healthy coming off a a foot injury, but he is someone who has a little bit different look to him. He's got that, that deep speed that really none of the other backs on this Packers roster have, or at least had until the Packers claimed Darren Hall off waivers former uh, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, standout, but he, he was claimed off waivers from the Bengals. And this is now his third NFL team. Uh, that is to say that he is not, you know, a, a primo talent prospect anyway. He is extremely athletic. Uh, and then since those those have both happened, what we got to see was an opportunity for Dexter Williams to get reps as the second running back behind Aaron Jones because Jamal Williams is dealing with an injury. Not considered to be serious. Josh Jackson also still dealing with an injury. Not considered to be serious. All the guys that we wondered about in the offseason coming in, uh, Kevin King, Rashawn Gary, those guys on the field and practicing. Darnell Savage right now also not practicing with uh, wisdom teeth that had to be taken out. So that is that part of it is certainly not a concern. But this run game... We were, we were promised, or at least we expected Matt LaFleur to feature the run game, and he has been consistent about this. The Packers' offense is predicated on the run game. Now, that does not mean they're going to run 60% of the time. I do not believe they will do that. What it means is the structure of the offense is based on the run looks. Everything comes off that, and that is foundational on this team. What I have said from the moment Matt LaFleur was hired was I believe that fundamentally alters the way that you have to shape this roster. Running backs become more important. 
tight ends become more important. It's the return of the fullback in Green Bay, Danny Vitale out there uh, with the John Kuhn Memorial Award for shotgun lone setback as a fullback, which is just tremendous. Uh, I mean, you you can think back to how many times when the Packers had ridiculous injuries at running back and John Kuhn was out there running lone back sets out of shotgun and, and doing well. He was their best pass protector, and that was the reason that so often he was back there. But Dexter Williams got a chance to show what he can do, and there is serious, serious juice. I took I took some heat on this. On Twitter, because I I said some things about David Montgomery, who the Bears drafted. Uh, you can imagine why you know some people thought I was I was being a homer about this, but the reality is, Dexter Williams has major juice. David Montgomery, not so much. Straight line burst, and as a one cut runner, which is what this offense requires, Dexter Williams looks good. This team. We can project it moving forward now, I think. There are some really talented receivers on this team. Uh, Jamon Moore has actually started to play a little bit better. Jake Kumaro is, you know, he has become the new Jeff Janis in that at least once a day there's a highlight play. Equinemia St. Brown still very much in the mix. And Trevor Davis having, by all accounts, his best training camp as a Packer. But as we see the way that, that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur together have decided to shape this roster. It's hard to sit here and say, well, they're probably going to keep all these receivers and only do you know what the Packers have done in the past, and, and that is keep you know maybe three running backs. Maybe, maybe three running backs and a fullback. I, I don't see it. I don't. I think especially with the addition of Corey Grant, who is a legit NFL running back. The Packers have four backs who they can feel comfortable turning and handing the ball to. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Dexter Williams, Corey Grant, who I'm going to inevitably call Corey Graham at some point, and I apologize ahead of time for that. Darren Hall is a nice wild card to have in here, maybe someone who ends up on the practice squad. But this is, I, I think, you know, we have to be careful about trying to explicate and and try to discern too much based on a couple days of practice. But it it follows with the philosophy of Matt LaFleur and what we think this offense is going to look like and, and the focus on the run game and the focus on the running back position that there could be as many running backs, if we include fullbacks, because Denny Vitale is going to make this team. Four running backs and a fullback is five backs. I would be shocked if the Packers found a way to keep six or more receivers on this team. There's just too many other positions where they have talented players that better fit with what they want to be. And that is something that you know I think we're going to have to monitor here and keep an eye on when we talk about you know, these, these camp battles, you know, right now there are seven, eight legitimate guys who think they should be on the roster at receiver. And it's hard to look at the roster and think, oh yeah, it's, it would be easy to fit six or seven of them on the roster. Not only do I think that's not going to happen, it doesn't make sense to expect it because the Packers are not going to be in a situation where they're throwing four or five receivers out there at once anyway. 
So, yeah, you want to keep guys on the roster who you think can help you and are a part of your long-term future at the position. But what, where, where, is, where do you draw the line? Because there is a question about versatility. You, you cut Mike Daniels, okay. Now, how do you feel about the guys at defensive line? How many of the outside linebackers are going to play inside? We're going to talk about the defense in the second part of the show. But the point of this is to say roster construction is going to look different. And especially at the running back position, they are going to prioritize it. And, and if you want to be a team that runs the ball, and you want to be a team that play actions, and you want to be a team that uses the running backs in the passing game, which is something we're already seeing, then you need to be prepared for injury, you need to be versatile, you need to be adaptable, and you need to have a, a deep bench of personnel. The reason a team like the Chargers can afford to play hardball with Melvin Gordon is when Austin Eckler's been on the field, the offense hasn't missed a beat. When you have multiple guys that you can throw out there and just say, we feel comfortable with him on the field because of what he can do. I mean, there are defined skill sets here. Aaron Jones is the lead back. Jamal Williams is the best pass protector on the team. He is a one-cut power runner who has some passing game versatility and can make plays after the catch because he can make plays off contact. Now, Dexter Williams is a little bit of an unknown, but we know he's a perfect scheme fit and a possible home run hitter. Corey Grant, I mean, you think back to that, that 2017 season, that AFC Championship game, he had a couple big plays in that game, in the passing game. They used him on what is basically a receiver screen, but you had a running back out there out of trips. You know who the OC was on that team? Nathaniel Hackett. He knows what Corey Grant is good at and what he's not good at and where he can be used, how he can be a big play threat. Someone who is that fast has a role, especially if he can be a threat in the passing game. And and now you've got four, plus Danny Vitale, who is going to be a dude in this offense, who is going to play. He's going to play. So how, how can you look at this roster and say, okay, if there's going to be five of those guys... We're, when I went through my 53-man projection, you know, I said it, you could get to 47, 48 pretty easily. We, we have to add another number now because I think Corey Grant can and should make this team. And I think it's, it's right now, barring injury, I think Dexter Williams looks pretty good to make this team. It would not surprise me at all if after an exhibition game or two, we're talking about Dexter Williams needing to get more carries, needing to be in the mix as the number two. Could there be trade value for Jamal Williams? Maybe. Could there be trade value for someone like Jake Kumaro or Trevor Davis or Jamon Moore? Maybe. These are conversations we have to wait and have down the line, but we have to start thinking about how the way Matt LaFleur wants to play affects the way this roster has to take shape, and we're already seeing the early signs of how they want to shape this roster by focusing on the running back position. And the one position where you do not want to be is walking into a situation in the bedroom where you are lacking confidence. If you need that little confidence boost, that performance boost, listen, no PED tests in the bedroom. All right. That's what BlueChew.com is here for. Blue, like the color blue. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. 
so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked on. Just pay for shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. So, we are getting early clues about how the Packers are moving on without Mike Daniels. Zadarius Smith, as we discussed, playing some inside. Rashawn Gary, as we discussed playing some inside and the Packers are going to a lot of these sub package looks where they're only playing with one defensive, true defensive lineman in Kenny Clark, their version of the NASCAR pass rush package. Remember when it was Nick Perry, Clay Matthews, Dayton Jones and Julius Peppers. And then there's been various combinations over the years when the Packers put Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith and Sidarius Smith on the field all at once. They, they can do that because all of those guys really can play anywhere. Anywhere. You could stand Kenny Clark up and he could rush from the edge if you really wanted to. Now, probably don't, but that gives the Packers so much flexibility. And one of the big stories early in camp, and this is a translation from, from OTAs and minicamp, is the defense, and, and this is not just you know based on reports, Aaron Rodgers has talked about it. The defense is communicating well. They are gelling. And guys like Zadarius and Preston Smith are being integrated into this defense in a, a way that is very efficient. I think, you know, we have to wonder about the secondary. We haven't seen Darnell Savage on the field yet in training camp. We will likely do that this week. Josh Jackson needs to get healthy. But... There are other guys stepping up in their absence. Raven Green, he, he's cut weight and has really rocked up. Uh, we're seeing Kadar Holman from Toledo, the six-round rookie, uh, get an opportunity to come in and, and contribute. And he, he's shown nicely. He's even rotated in with the ones at times. So Green Bay's defense, I mean, I don't think it's crazy that we could be looking up in the first you know month of the season and say Green Bay's defense is ahead of its offense. And Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have both been honest about this. Look, the offense is a work in progress. They're still doing installs. The defense is is already, you know, they're already thinking up wrinkles. They're already trying stuff. They're already, you know, to the point where, you know, they're they're trying to do cool stuff. The offense is just trying to get it in. They're just trying to get everything in the playbook on the field. And you know, that, that's a different approach, and it, it is a different mindset, and it's a different position than they've been in at this point in the season in a long time. Aaron Rodgers said to James Jones on NFL Network that he thought it would mean that the starters have to play more in the preseason. And I know that that is music to the ears of fans who have complained about this before and believe that, you know, the Packers were overly cautious with their players, that it prevented them from playing with a rhythm, and how many times over the last few years has the team started slowly? How many times over the last few years has it has the team in a game 
come out with no energy and no life or after the first drive, just nothing, no juice. The tempo at practice has been ratcheted up, more team drills earlier on, and there is plenty of tempo in and out of the huddle. No more snapping the ball with two seconds on the play clock, one second on the play clock. Get up, get set, and get figured out because this is part of the deal. If you're going to have pre-snap motion, if you're going to run jet sweep motion, you have to get to the line of scrimmage with enough time to see how the defense responds to that jet sweep motion. And if it gets to something that you don't want or you don't like, that's when Aaron Rodgers has the chance to change the play, something he's already done in training camp. We don't have to worry about the audible thing. It seems like everything is is progressing the way that it should. Aaron Rodgers said that that he and Matt LaFleur are friends, which, you know, look, your your mileage may vary on stuff like that. And you may you may feel a certain type of way about it. Bart Scott did on Fox. I I mean, it was a it was a take. It was a take. I I don't agree with what he said. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what he said because, frankly, I I just I I think it's baseless, and I don't think it's fair to you for me to spread that because you know I have a platform and a responsibility to my listeners. I'm not I'm just not going to repeat that stuff. Uh, it's silly, but the offense is is going to take some time and it's going to evolve and it's going to grow and so is the defense. And, and you, listen, you heard Natrell Jamerson on this show say that the defense was going to look differently. Brian Gutekunst said in his post-practice presser, the defense is going to look different than it did last year. And that is by design. That is by Mike Patton design. And, and we touched on it when we discussed what was going to happen with Mike Daniels. Mike Patton wants a bunch of guys who can play all over the field. And so that, that being able to be multiple in that way allows you to take positions and you just you can sort of throw everyone in a bucket. You know, if Zadarius Smith is not an outside linebacker, he's going to play a ton inside. He's going to play a ton of defensive line. And Rashawn Gary is not an outside linebacker. He is going to play a ton of three technique, of five technique. He's going to stand up over the A-gap and rush. He's going to come from everywhere. And his physical tools, I mean, I have to be ready. I have to be ready. I'm going to get my seasonings ready. I'm going to get the Cholula, uh, you know, a nice red wine to go with the crow that I'm, I might have to eat on Rashawn Gary. Because I was on this show after the pick going, <sighs> you know, I didn't, I didn't get it at first. And, and you know, over the course of a couple weeks and months, the more I looked at it, the more the more I talked to people, and I presented the case to you. You know, if you're going to take a swing, athletic, big, uh, has an a, an elite defined skill already, uh, and and could be something, and you don't need him in year one. Well, the Packers are going to need him more than we originally thought, but he's been really good, really good. And the physical traits are evident. If Green Bay can get, you know, production from him in year one and just some, just get on the field and be reliable, that's enough. And, and you're creating depth. All right. That's great. We haven't even seen this defense together on the field yet. And there is already indications that they are, they are gelling. 
and that they might be ahead of the offense for the foreseeable future. And that's okay because what we, what we still want is, is, you know, days like we saw over the weekend where the offense clearly clicked and things went well. There's going to be some growing pains here. There's going to be some ups and some downs and that's okay. Uh, everyone has to just be honest with themselves about it. You can't go into the season and expect that the Packers from day one are going to look like the 2011 Packers or the 2014 Packers or the run the table 2016 Packers. It's going to take time. The difference this season is that they have a defense, at least they have defensive talent that can pick them up a little bit, and they have a coach who is willing to do two things. Number one, he's willing and able to run the ball and want to get the running backs involved. So if if things are not clicking in the passing game for whatever reason, you have a coach who, look, he wants to run the ball anyway. He's more than happy to hand the ball to Aaron Jones, to Dexter Williams, to Jamal Williams, to Corey Grant, to all of the guys that we, we just spent the first half of the show talking about. And then number two is he is willing to be adjustable on the fly. Last year, the Titans did not really gravitate to the offense that he wanted to run, in part because a lot of the players on the team were just bad scheme fits. And so he wanted to play a certain type of way. He said, this is how I think we should play. Uh, This works. And the team couldn't really execute everything. So you know what he did? He did not say, oh, well, we're just going to suck. No. He said, okay, Here's what you guys are doing well. We're going to do some of those things. And went back to the runs that made Derrick Henry so successful earlier in his career. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, they could run the ball. And they could run the ball even though there were a lot of games where they had to play heavy doses of Blaine Gabbert. So Matt LaFleur is willing to be adjustable if he needs to be. And so that is one that is one trait that that I think is so crucial and so underrated for coaches. It's one thing to have a scheme that works. Sean McVay has a system and a scheme that works. And you know, it struggled in the playoffs 2 years ago. He comes back, he makes some adjustments. They go to the Super Bowl, but in the Super Bowl, the Patriots, they've got answers. All right, now let's see what Sean McVay can do. Does he have more adjustments? Andy Reid this whole second career renaissance for him is based on adjustments. You have to be able to adjust your game. And at least early returns on Matt LaFleur as a as an offensive, someone in charge of an offense, is that he is willing to do it. Can he be effective? We'll see. That is a big question, but we will see. Before we finish up here, I want to let you know that there's been some changes to the new Locked On NFL podcast. Now, former host Matt Williamson. Matt will slide into a analyst role, and Brian Peacock is going to slide into the host role. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and uh, it's almost family night. Uh, it's almost the joint practice with the Packers and the Texans. Family night is this Friday already. And then on Monday and Tuesday, joint practices with the Texans. Thursday is the game with Houston. And that's it. August 8th, football is back. Officially back. And I think a lot of Packer fans, they view family night as football is back. That is a, a signal to everyone 
that football has made its triumphant return. The lights on at Lambeau. I'm 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 ready. I'm in a lather already just thinking about it. So a lot to get to between now and then. Uh, I know training camp play by play is everyone's favorite thing this time of year. So we're gonna we're gonna keep breaking that all down. Keep you up to date on everything that's going on uh, with the Packers, the players that they're bringing in, trends that are that are out there, and and what we're seeing in terms of who's on the field, when they're on the field, and what that could mean for this team moving forward. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.